Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. Uh, Very excited for all of you folks today. I'm going to make an introduction. I'm going to make an introduction to some people that fulfill on the promise of impacting and improving the lives of people. I've been out impacting on the front end for many years, seminars and training programs and books and interviews and podcasts. But the improvement, that really happens with some training and uh, ultimately where it happens for us at Buffini Company is with coaching. We have built a coaching entity that's considered best in brand in the world at what it does. And in order to do that, as Henry Ford said, you have to find people who are smarter and better at what they do than what you are. And I've managed to do that. And so I'm going to introduce you to some people today that represent the leadership of our coaching team. And uh, we have Dave McGee, Misty Durando, Billy Van Raphorst, and Tim Dixon. I'm going to introduce these folks to you today. We're going to have a chat. We're going to talk about coaching. And then we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about uh, you get a chance to hear from some people that guide teams of coaches that transform people's lives every day. And so... I just went in and and I had some Carlsbad water right where we work and live here in San Diego. And they have this beautiful brand of this special pH artesian water in this well. And I was just telling David Lally as I walk in and I go, you know, these folks make water and we do something different. We don't make water. We make people's lives better. We make people's businesses better. That's, That's what we do. So a water company isn't kind of shocked when they're pumping out water all the time, just like we're not shocked when we're pumping out transformation all the time. Yet, very few people are able to do it. Most people are stuck. Change is hard. So I'm going to introduce you to the people today who are the agents of change. They're our Marvel characters, if you will. And I'm going to have them all take a chance to kind of introduce themselves and talk a little bit about how they got into the wacky world of coaching in the first place. And I'm going to start uh, with the New York contingent, uh, Mr. Dave McGee. Dave, welcome to the It's a Good Life podcast. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you came from. And how you ended up in the coaching business? Thanks, Brian. Uh, you know, my name is Dave, and I uh, I am in New York right now, lifelong Californian who kind of stumbled uh, out to New York uh, about four years ago, and that's it's kind of how I got into the coaching business. I kind of stumbled into it. I had I had had about fifteen years in radio, um, and I was interviewing someone who was a general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time, and he had just been fired. And I asked him, "What do you do when you?" When you lose a job, you just wait for your next baseball job. And he said, no, no, no. Between my baseball jobs, I sell real estate. And I said, well, geez, radio is very similar. I could be out of work tomorrow. So I went and got my real estate license <laughs> and, uh, and then really enjoyed that. But, you know, it's one of those things. I stumbled into it and then um, sold real estate for about 15 years. And the lender that I was using became a coach at Buffini and Company. And he said, you should really come here. I think this, this is, has, it's got your name written all over it and got an opportunity to, to learn a little bit about it and kind of fell forward into Buffini and Company 16 years ago, eight years as a coach, the last eight years leading the department. And uh, I can say I've found my calling for sure. Well, I'm lucky. I was just thinking about it, man. You got all these 15-year increments here. I'm glad we didn't, uh, we didn't, we made the cut. We got over to 16. Got over the hump. Yeah, that's great. Well, more on that. And you've been here 16 years doing what you do. And we're going to dive in there today and a little bit of your insight on coaching and how we could coach up some folks here today. 
Misty, I always find it humorous. You know, we've had hundreds and hundreds of employees here at Buffini Company, but nobody on their very first day walking through the building that I took a photograph with, and it ended up on the front page of a newspaper. So we had reporters in from the San Diego Union. So I don't remember most people's first day. I certainly don't remember my first day at Buffini Company, but I always remember yours, and it was quite a while ago. How many years ago was that? It was 19 years ago, and my grand- grandmother remembers it too because it was on the front page of the LA Times. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. We got everywhere. You made quite an impression on your first day. So tell everybody a little bit about where you're from and how you ended up in the coaching business. Sure. I was uh, born and raised in Southern California, really the, the San Fernando Valley, LA area. Moved down to San Diego at 18 to go to college and... The beach was always my calling, and I uh-huh. never left, other than uh, traveling the world on a boat for about three years. So oh, nice. San Diego's been home. I, too, fell into uh, coaching, and it was the best fall I've ever had. <laughs> but um, really, Buffini and Company, or at the time, Providence Systems was a client of mine. I was at a recruiting uh, firm, and we were recruiting for what was then Providence Systems, and the gentleman that was on the account did not do such a great job. So I decided to show up at Buffini with a lemon pie because we had lemon on our face. And little did I know I was doing a pot pie. Yeah. So I was quickly recruited, referred in. And much like Mr. McGee, I quickly knew I had found what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Lemon pie never tasted so good. That's good for us. <laughs> Billy V, as I refer to him, Billy Van Raphorst. Uh Billy, you've been at this a long time, too. Tell folks a little bit about your background. You come from the sports side of things. It's true. Uh, my dad got drafted by the Chargers in 1963, and that's how our family wound up in San Diego. And uh, I played football. My brothers played football in college. I was a, an Aztec and uh, played at San Diego State. And I graduated. I umpired professional baseball. I was trying to be a major league umpire. I got released. Um, out of the minor leagues and needed a job. And I was running a health club in Pacific Beach. And an Irish guy named Kevin came in and signed up for a membership. And I happened to be working at the front desk. And he was like, you did good at this. You should be a business coach. And I said, what in the world is a business (laughs) coach? And why would I want to take a pay cut to do that? And he goes, no, you got to come hear my brother speak. So I didn't have a job. I went to the Anaheim Turning Point just to find out what this was. And um, yeah. at the event, I said, you know, maybe I could learn a couple things here. I, I'm into personal growth and I could learn two or three things. I'll be here two or three years. I'll get a great skill set and then I'll go do something else. And I'm about to start my 19th year here. Yeah. So I was recruited in. We're like the Hotel California. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. You can try to move <laughs> to New York and stay ahead of the posse. But we keep our hooks in pretty deep. And then the great Tim Dixon. Tim is a newer member of the team, but a fantastic member of the team who made quite an impression the day he walked in the door. So, Tim, you have an interesting background. Tell the folks a little bit about where you come from. Yeah, born and raised in San Jose, California. Uh, I was very fortunate. I spent 27 consecutive years in a baseball dugout as a player and a coach. Uh, And when I got out of coaching in 2014, I started my own uh, sports psychology business. I have a master's in sports psychology. And man, do I wish I knew Buffini and Company then. Yeah, right. It was a tough, it's tough to run your own business. There was a lot of things that I loved about it, but there was also a lot of things that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. So I actually saw 
the post of a performance coach on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. Sounds kind of athletic, performance driven. I interviewed with uh, Dave and uh, Darley Woods. And here I am, been here for four years. And I honestly believe the work that I've done in a baseball dugout has led me to this position sure. right here. And it's different uniform, different arena, same concept. Brian, can I jump in real quick? And because. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, they all gave you the facts of who they are and how they got to Buffini and Company. Uh, I want to tell you the truth about who they are. Um, you know, Misty Durando, when I walked in the door 16 years ago as a coach, I, I made an assessment of who are the coaches that I need to emulate and model. And it was clear that Misty was one of them. And so she was a top coach before joining the, the leadership team. And on the side, you know, she is committed probably more than anybody I know, to personal growth. And one of the things she does on the side is what they call aerials. And I know I'm going to butcher it, Misty, but I don't know a lot about it. I know what it is, is it's a little bit of art and a little bit of athletics done hundreds of feet in the air without a net. So um, one of the things that Misty brings to our team is uh, the encouragement to step outside of your, your comfort zone. Billy mentioned that he played Division One college football and that he's an umpire. He's one of the top college baseball umpires in the country and has done several college world series and is a model of composure under pressure and he brings that to our team and then tim dixon spent 27 years in a dugout he was a a professional baseball player a college baseball coach at the air force academy and won a national championship at cal state fullerton um, and it, what he brings is a knowledge of winning and a winning culture and this is just a representative of all of the coaches we have, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to work with some very distinguished people every single day. Well, we're very fortunate that um, the law of attraction is very powerful. We recently had Apollo Ono and his team tour through the building. And here's a guy with lots of opportunities and his team. And he was just flabbergasted and couldn't believe. And California, I mean, people change partners here about every six or seven months. And we're talking, we have people, I'm here 22 years and I'm here 23 years and I'm in here 17 years. And he wrote a book about purpose, and he said, I've just never seen purpose like this. And I think that the key component is, you know, everyone in our organization knows what the mission is. Everybody knows what our purpose, impact and improve the lives of people. And then here's my part I play in that. And then I get all these accolades for being this brilliant guy when it's just, I beat this one simple drum, and then we've brought to ourselves extraordinarily talented people. And you guys, like you say, you represent a whole army of coaches that we have that are distinguished, brilliant, insightful who've forgotten more about coaching than anyone else knows, and then on top of that, do it at a level that they still bring that passion and fire to it every single day. And I, and I want to kind of dive in, because we can sit here and, you know, it could sound like it's a big love fest on Buffini and Company by Buffini and Company, which is, let me show you some more of my home movies. But let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what coaching is and why it's so doggone important. In the 1700s, in, in Webster's original 1828 dictionary, they used to say, a coach was a vehicle to get someone from one destination to another. And I still think that's the case. And we have numbers to prove it and so on and so forth. And our average client increases their income 11 times over and those kinds of things. But let's talk about coaching. I'd love all of your kind of perspective on what coaching is and why it's so important to somebody. I'll go ahead and jump in first. The definition that we use in our department of coaching is that it is the drawing out of potential to improve performance. And so, and I think, 
you know, the coaching industry is an unregulated industry, and anybody, it, anybody can call themselves a coach, and most coaches and most coaching companies aren't really coaches or coaching companies. They're, they're teachers or trainers or mentors, and those are very important, but they're part of a learning continuum. So teaching is a transfer of knowledge. That's what we do through the podcast. It's what we do through the event. Very important part of development. Training is a transfer of skill. We do that through our Pathway to Mastery training courses. Uh, also very important. Mentoring is a transfer of experience. I've done this before, so let me, let me share with you my um, ideas of success. I would encourage everybody to search out a mentor, and we have a certified mentor program at Buffini & Company. The, where most people that think of coaching, they think of one of those three things. What we do on the coaching is really that drawing out of potential to improve performance. We believe that our clients come to us with everything they need to succeed, and we need to tap into that and help them draw it out so that they can um, transform, really. Well, it's interesting you bring it up, right? Because I get people all the time. I get people offering me a million dollars to coach them. And I always laugh. I laugh because I'm not a coach. I'm the other things you described. So I'm a teacher. All the things you mentioned, I was on the side of it, right? <laughs> I'm a trainer. And on occasion, I, I can be a mentor and have been a mentor in select cases. And the one thing I'm not as a coach, now I, I, I function under the umbrella of the coaching to help people along the way. But the fact is, I always laugh and I go, you know, what they should do is I should do a deal where they pay me half a mil and I'll pay one of the coaches half a mil and then the coaches just tell me what to do. And that, that'd be kind of a good, sweet deal. And in some regards, that is kind of what we've done and we've done a lot cheaper. The fact of the matter is, there is a lot of ideas out there. And like, as we know, there's entities that churn out 60,000 coaches a year and they do this and they get certified and so on and so forth and life coaching and everybody, you know, I, I appreciate everybody who's in the space. I really do. Because someone who wants to get into a business to change someone else's life, that's brilliant, you know? The thing about it is we do it a little different. And I would love to hear, Billy, I'll have you take a shot here. What's your take on coaching? Yeah, I think coaching is actually pretty simple. It's standing between where somebody is and where they want to go, standing in that gap and not getting talked out of that gap. That's what I believe coaching is. Yeah, no, that's good. I like it. How about you, Misty? For me, it's about empowerment. Because we truly believe in our philosophy that people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And using our real strengths profile, we are truly able to untap that potential. I think it absolutely sets us apart. It's invigorating as a coach. But for me, that empowerment that really people can achieve what they want is the definition of coaching. Yeah, Tim, I know it's tough being the fourth option here, but go ahead. Tough act to follow, but um, that, the only thing that I would add is, you know, coaching is about challenging perspective, you know, getting that outside observation of where they're at in their business. Because when you're in it, you don't see some of you, you don't see your own blind spots. You know, I'm a firm believer that what you're willing to do up to the point where you want to quit is what everyone else is willing to do. Right. Everything you do after that is the difference between good and great. Right. So a coach pulls that potential out of you, challenges your perspective, and pushes you to the uncomfort, but also is there to not let you fall, but to nudge you in the right direction. So that would, I would add that for coaching. For sure. And let's talk about it. And, I, I, you know, the world's changed. You know, it's funny. I, I just had the privilege of doing my father-in-law's eulogy. 
and I was the first white person to ever speak in this. It was an African Methodist Episcopal Church in Atlanta. It had been 75 years. I was the first white person to ever speak in the pulpit, you know? And I, I told them the story that, you know, I had been there 33 years to the day that I did that eulogy. I went to that church for the first time. And at that time, a white guy married to a black woman was, I think at the time, my brother Dermot went down to see the church and he goes, man, you just have some chops on you. He, you know, and he was like, you just got chops because it was his first time being there. And I go, imagine what it was like 33 years ago. And at the time, interracial marriages were 2% of the population. And of those marriages, 2% of those was where the man was white and the woman was black. So my bride and I were just, we are way the heck out there. And, and in our real strengths, I have a pet pioneer in my profile. I didn't realize I was pioneering my personal life, but we pioneered the professional life. And when we started similarly 27 years ago, people looked at me when I talked about coaching like I had three heads because the John Wayne mentality was, I'll do it myself. And somehow to get a coach meant, uh, oh my gosh, it's like I, I have this big problem. You know, I, I need a crutch. I, I, I'm a weak person. I should be able to figure this out myself. I'm supposed to be born with all involved. And I think a lot has changed, just like attitudes towards interracial marriages have changed. I think attitudes towards coaching has changed, but this hasn't changed. And this is why the fundamentals always work. People don't think they need a coach. Sometimes they don't think they're worthy of being coached. Sometimes they're afraid of being found out if they did get a coach. But ultimately, why is it that people need a coach? Just fundamentally, why is it that somebody does better with a coach than they can do by themselves? So I'll take that. You mentioned perspective shifting, and I'm going to play with that a little bit here. So Let's take um, the Dallas Cowboys, all right? So we got the, a professional football team, and they say, you know what? This year, we're going to do this without a coach. So we're going to change the perspective. The players are going to run their own practices. They're going to call their own drills. They're going to decide what they're going to do. They're going to write their own salaries, by the way. We're not going to have a coach. We're not going to have a GM. They're going to organize themselves, and they're off on their own. Or we have a team with a really good coach. So you have two options. You have A or B. I choose option with a really good coach. So for perspective shifting, it's here's option A. This team runs themselves without a coach. And here's B. This team has a coach. They have a structure. They have systems. They have fundamentals. And they have somebody that's maniacal about the fundamentals. One thing with sports that um, what I'd like to use is that practice makes permanent. Practice makes permanent. And one thing I like to talk about in fundamentals is that um, – it's not just about fundamentals. It's about being fundamentally exceptional with the fundamentals. I mean, fundamentally exceptional with them that I can take, you know, in our language, a call, a note or a Popeye. And that can look like a hundred different things. But at the end of the day, it's still a call, a note or a Popeye. Well, they say an, an amateur practices until they can do it right. And the pro practices so, until they can never do it wrong. Right. Practice makes permanent. We'll pull the bandaid off here. Let's be candid. All of us as human beings are world-class excuse makers. You know, world-class. Like, I shouldn't work out this morning because I've had a really hard day and my body must need the rest. Or I'm just too busy, I have too much else to do. You know, you can overdo this working out piece. If that worked, then every piece of home exercise equipment that ever someone bought in their life was the answer. And why did they ever need anything more than that? I mean, all you needed was the buns of titanium video or the crosswalker or the Nordic track or whatever is the latest iteration and so on and so forth and just put it at home. And there are one or two people that are self-motivated, self-directed in that particular area of their life where maybe they can do it. But I worked out this morning at six o'clock. I had a busy day today and I worked out this morning because the coach was there. 
But without the coach, I just don't do it. And I think that's something I'd love you guys to address a little bit of just the basic dynamics of showing up and getting it done and that accountability that comes from having a coach. I mean, I would jump in to say we're, we're naturally wired for comfort. That's just who we are as people. So when you don't have that outside perspective or someone to get you out of what you perceive to be comfortable, we're going to always default. And it's not any one person's problem. It's how we're designed. We want to know that we're safe. That's the, the basic science of our brain and how it operates. So a coach in any arena is just that person that gives you a little bit of like, if I commit to you, I sometimes don't want to show up for me, but I'm going to show up for you. And just getting there sometimes is half the battle. And once you're there, you create that momentum and that momentum allows you to start, you know, executing what it is. that. So a coach is, when people ask me, why do I want a coach? I typically respond with, why wouldn't you want a coach? And they're like, hmm, that's interesting. So... It's just something that for me, the, the, we just got to understand how we're wired, how we're designed. And if we want to accomplish something that we don't quite understand what it is, we need that perspective and that drive and that push. Yeah. And, and again, I'm going to call it what it is. You guys know I'm highly pragmatic. I, I think the fact of the matter is if I am able to not have that accountability, then I'm left with a couple of things, rationalization and excuses. And that gets into many other things that are darker and deeper from that point on, which is blaming someone else, blaming my circumstances. Then it's envy and all those kinds of things take over a person. And the same person with the same potential and talent becomes not the greatest version of themselves, a more broken and bent version of it. Because at the end of the day, you know, the reason I'm heavy is I have family members who are heavy. I have genetics that are predisposed to that. You know, I'm in America. The Irish food is different than the American food. My body retains ice cream. That was the Zig Ziglar line. All the different things. And the next thing you know, I'm a victim. And the next thing you know, I'm entitled. And the next thing you know, I'm over here, and I have all these justifications for all that stuff other than hire the coach, eat right, exercise, get your sleep, and you're transformed. So we know that. And I think maybe uh, Dave or Misty, you could talk a little bit about the excuse factor and how we work through that. I'd love to chime in here. I, I do believe that a lot of people look at coaching for the accountability, and it is a huge part of coaching. But to me, it's so much bigger than that because it's holding people capable, not just accountable. And that is really leaning into what they want, what their goals are, what their motivations are, just what you were talking, Brian, you know, the deeper, deeper issues that come up. And we can't see our own stuff. Even when we want to, even when we're looking in the mirror, we can't see our own stuff. And there's a, there are different styles of coaches. You could see it here. But somebody to have a crucial conversation with you with grace and kindness to be much more than accountability is where the real magic happens. Right. Well, in the second part of this interview today, we're going to break this up into two parts. In the second part of this interview, I want to get to the sexy stuff which is, we talked about drawing out potential, you know, becoming all we're capable of being, and that aspirational side of coaching, which is, by the way, where the gravy is, what we all got involved with. Uh, but I want to call the, the turkey the turkey to start with, right? And, and I'm talking about excuses, and I'm talking about avoidance, and I'm talking about accountability to show up, because that is, that's level one, right? You got to be accountable first to get to be what you're capable of. We're going to talk about that in the second part of this, but Dave, I'd love you to chime in a little bit on this. Just making the case, making the case for people, just understanding how much harder it is. We talk about five circles, spiritual, family, business, financial, personal. 
And even though I own a coaching company, I was reluctant. And as the leader, I always felt, you know, I read the books. And, and again, I grew up in an era where coaching didn't exist, right? So I have all my mentors on the wall. As you guys know, I've got pictures right in front of me. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Nito Cobain, Lou Tice, all these guys. And they didn't have coaching programs. What they had was Augmentino. They had books. They had recordings. They had audio cassettes and then seminars. And I had to kind of make do with that. I'm a kind of a driven puppy, and I, I found different sources and then other relationships and people I met and networked with to kind of formulate a lot of this. And so in many ways, I was the last guy to the party in coaching. And I built the coaching company to be candid. And this is, you know, find your pain, you'll fuel your purpose. It was always needing this. I was looking for teaching, training, and mentorship. And then I was also looking for coaching. And because it didn't exist, I always felt that I had to work twice as hard. I had to put in twice as much effort. And it took twice as long. And it was true. And so I built this company to kind of fill that need that I felt was there. And then at the same time, I was kind of the last guy at the party. But today, I have coaches in all five circles. And I find myself in more need of them today than ever before because I have a busier life. When one thing goes wrong, it's like if I have a health problem, it's like all five circles jackknife on the freeway together. So I'd love you to talk about this, Dave, a little bit. I mean, here I am, the guy who owns the largest coaching company in North America, and I was reluctant to get coaches myself. What is that about? And why is it we're fooling ourselves? What is it we're missing by not having a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. First off, the coaching industry is about 26 years old. And Buffini and Company is about 26 years <laughs> yeah, old, right? right? I mean, <laughs> you were a pioneer in what this industry is. And, um, and it's interesting that you, you rebelled against what you pioneered, right? I think there's a couple things. I don't think I, nobody needs a coach, but I think everybody's better with a coach. And I think the accountability is part of it. And it's, there's a, there's a consequence part of accountability, but it's that part that Misty talked about, about, being capable. You could talk to any one of our coaches and on any given day, somebody's going to show up to a coaching call and what comes out of their mouth is, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, so I wasn't going to show up today on the call. And there's a couple things that happen with that. One is there's a conversation about what they were supposed to do. Maybe it wasn't the right action step. Maybe we've, we've, we've created some activity that isn't aligned with what you really want to accomplish. Maybe there's an underlying fear there that we need to, to overcome. And then some people show up and they didn't do everything, but they got one thing done and it's about progress. I know that's not really answering your question, but I think in, in a roundabout way it is, none of us want to be called out, right? Mm-hmm. We want to sure. think that we can yep. do it on our own and yep. we can. We just can't do it as well as if without, you know, someone on our side to, to make it use the gym equipment that you bought versus just look at it. And I'd say the genius behind what you guys have developed is the style in which it's done. Because for some people, some people need a hug. Some people need a a soft word. Some people need a kick in the arse. You know, some people need a a structured plan. Some people need to co-create the plan, right? And we kind of account for all of it. And we'll talk about how we use the profile and the real strengths and whatever else to really customize this whole thing. I'm going to get into the, the second part of our interview today is going to be the aspirational stuff so that someone's listening is going, okay, this is how I fulfill my potential. These guys have coached more people to transform their business and lives than anyone on the planet. And we have certain formulas, ideas, and processes of how we can help somebody be more capable, fulfill their potential, reach their goals, and achieve. We're going to get into that. 
But I also want to give them something right now. So just in a rapid fire way, and again, I haven't given you any predetermined questions because I don't need to, because we're dealing with a massive group of experience here. What's one tip that you would give somebody listening today who struggled with achieving a goal or getting something done or, or getting accomplished? What is one tip you would give somebody today that they could move forward on something to go, that might be an idea or a thought that I could use that might give me a momentum or to get me going to do something? I'll start. I think um, the tip for me would be in the goal and the action. And so I think it's have a big dream, but take small steps. That's good. Nice. Okay. I would add to that, how can you specifically create momentum? What's one thing that you could do to move in that what that 1% that we talk about to get move one step closer to your that goal and it creates momentum and once you get that momentum you're off to the races and we talk about this sometimes we'll have a whole bunch of people set 10 day goals and it's nothing more than a list but if they get those check marks going the next thing you know the feeling starts to come and it's you know my mom finishes the podcast may the wind always be at your back you know that's the irish blessing of momentum may the wind be at your back as opposed to when the wind's in your face right? Pushing against you, which is the culture and the circumstances and your own self-doubt and belief and your negative relatives and the market and the conditions and the recession and the economy. There's plenty of wind in the face, a little bit of momentum and the wind's at your back. Bill, what would be a a tip you'd have for some folks? I would say be coachable. Coachability is a big thing. It's trained and I've never coached anybody who was coachable and had a clear goal that didn't succeed. If they're coachable and they have a clear goal it's almost impossible to fail. And then obviously there's some compatibility, there's some components of coachability we can get into down the road, but coachable and clear goals. That's awesome. Okay, Misty, you get the final word, which you often do in our meetings, by the way. <laughs> I might be known for that. Uh, that is a hard act to follow, but I'm going to dig in more of, I believe people know if they really think about it, what's the one thing that they can do to move the dial the most. So very similar to Tim's, but I'd also really challenge the perspective that it may not be the obvious thing. You know, for example, you want to say lead generation, every business, that's the obvious, but maybe it is the 6am workout to be in the mode to go into your lead generation with a better mindset and a better attitude. So mm-hmm. to really take time to challenge what is the one thing that is really going to move that dial. Move the dial the most. Well, here's the thing. We're going to move the dial here because we're going to do a follow-on to this. I plan on having you guys regularly. We're going to actually start reaching out to our audience to find out questions that they have. And for those of you listening and soon to be watching on the YouTube here, I want to solicit your questions. I'd love you to contact us and ask a question for these coaches. This is what they do all day long. They're the best in the world, and they get it done every day. This is making water for them. This is just what they do, and you can hear it. I don't need to give them questions ahead of time because they're dealing with these questions every day. We're going to be continually doing this. Coaching's what we do. These guys represent this incredible coaching group. So you have questions for the coaches. You steer them towards us. This has been fun. You know, here's the thing. I'm sitting here. I have two pages of notes. I'm learning a lot today, uh, reminding me of things today. Most of all, really uh, proud of what we do and how we do it, because it really works. This stuff is great, helping people dream big, taking small steps, create the momentum, being coachable with a clear goal they know they can win, and then finding out the one thing they can do to move the dial the most is great stuff. So 
We're going to take a little break here because this is past somebody's normal commute time. We're committed to short-form podcasts so that we can respect people's drive. As many people are now back at the office, or maybe they're, they're doing their workout and 30 minutes is up. So we'll see you in a couple of days here with a follow-on to this great group of guys and gals. And we want to thank you guys for being here today. I'm going to hand you off to my first coach, the first believer-in-chief, Therese Buffini, who told me every day of my life and still tells me today, you can do it, Bryony, and she's got an Irish blessing for all of you. And maybe you can hear that little momentum in the middle of her voice. Take it away, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.